Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, we have Wendy Sweet, who is a hard money lender. And this episode's all about Airbnb. And what I loved most about what, what Wendy actually talked about too was from a lending perspective. She gives some great tips on how to approach a lender, what to say, how to say it, and how to set yourself up for the most success you need. Absolutely. And she's also an investor. She has a large portfolio of short-term rentals and she goes into details on how to evaluate a market, what you need to have on your Airbnb and how you should prepare for your first year on your first short-term rental. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Jessa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where we are all about helping women create financial freedom in a balanced way. And whatever balance means to you, Andressa always says that, but yep. I said it I said it first, Andressa, today. You got me. <laughs> we're so excited to have Wendy Sweet back on our show. Uh, she was a guest previously, and we're so pumped to have her back on. Uh, highly respect her and the work that she's doing, uh, hard money, lending, and, and we're going to get into short-term rentals and some really good stuff around that. So Wendy, thank you so much for coming back on our show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored to have been asked a second time. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as we always do, Andressa, we always want to get connected to all of you amazing women who are listening to us in a lot of different countries as we grow and expand our reach. We're just so grateful for all of you being on this path with us. And we like to share a quick kind of story, something that's coming up for us that, that you could hopefully relate to in our own lives and take something from it, whether again, it, it hits one of our three pillars. Number one is real estate investing. Number two is business. And number three is self-care because none of it matters if you're not taking care of yourself, right? That Andressa? is true. It is so true. More like the more that I, I guess, you know, when you're getting older, the more that you're like, yeah, I don't care about that. I don't want to spend too much energy into that. And I feel that that's self-care when you're just like, okay, that's where I am. Right. You're like, yeah, we agree to disagree. Cool. I'm not going to spend much saliva because it's self-care. It's all connected. It's all connected now, to self-care. So what, what, what you have, Liz, so, what, yeah, what's so coming up for you? So on the, the vein of self-care, uh, so we, you know, taking time to do different things, adventures as a family is really important. And Matt and I are really being intentional to do that with our kids. So I asked Matt what he wanted to do for Father's Day. And he said, I want to go canoeing. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> I said, oh, whatever you want to do, honey, because we live on the Delaware River. We don't live too too far. We don't own a canoe, but we can rent one. I said, I'm going to set it up. But you do know the last time we went on a canoe, it was 10 years ago. 
And we literally were going to kill each other. Like when I say kill each other, it was like, he's like, I think I was going to throw you in the, the river. I think was that's it at the time that you were training for uh, the triathlon? No, no, it wasn't that time. Okay. No, we just leisurely one day we're like, well, let's go rent a canoe. And he's like, that's a great idea, honey. No kids prior to kids. And we were just, it was a disaster. Absolute disaster. We were going to fight the whole rest of the day. I mean, it was really bad. But anyway, so this is my memory of my only time I've ever gone into canoe with my husband. So I said, Oh, he's like, we've evolved, Liz. We can do this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we got it. We got it. So, so the two of us and our two kids, right? A seven-year-old and a four-year-old jump into the canoe mm-hmm. and we had a great time. It was like a three-hour oh. tour. It felt like the, you know, Gilligan's Island 10-hour tour, but <laughs> it actually was a lot of fun. And I was processing after. I'm like, why did that work so well? And why was it such a disaster the first time? And I just wanted to share this from a team building perspective and in both business and our, in our real estate investing and just wherever you have a team And so when we jumped in, Matt was in the back, I was in the front and he's like, okay, Liz, I'm in the back. I'm going to steer. You don't steer. You're just going to paddle. I said, I got it. I didn't say, well, let me do that too. Or he was in charge of that because he was in the back. So he was going to have to give me the direction. First time we did it, I was rowing. He was rowing. I'm like, no, no, let's go this way. Let's do this. And he goes, no, 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 let's do this. And we just fought about like what to do. The second lesson I, I really got was communication. So it's like, all right, Liz, we're, we're, we're getting up here. I really need you to do this. I'm like, okay, I'm on it. Like I didn't, I didn't argue with him, which I did, I guess the first time a lot, <laughs> um, but I've evolved sort of kind of 10 years later. And, and the third thing was really to like anticipate one another's needs. So knowing he was in that role, I really appreciated him doing that. I wasn't like, I wasn't looking to take it over. I was just like, okay, what's next? Like I, it really was this like gelled process, right? Obviously, my daughter was crying. She was annoyed and she was rocking the boat. But we had to be on the same team if we were going to make this work mm-hmm. in, in, in a river that's flowing down the river. So I just say that because, it, you know, in teams, right, we, we every, there's always a lead and there's a, there's a support person. And that changes. Even working with Andressa, there's certain things I'm in the lead on. There's yeah. a lot of things that, that she's in the lead on. And sometimes when we try to like, no, no, I, I'm the lead, it, you know, it, it doesn't work. And and. I just say that because it's just funny. I was really nervous about it and, and it worked out great. So thank God. You know, but um, yeah. It, it, though it's funny that you and I, no matter what happened, we are like, where's the lesson here? Right. <laughs> We're always looking for the lesson in it, right? It's just uh, uh, an activity with, with our kids, with our spouses, with friends, family. There's always there something that we can, we can connect. And Liz and I are uh, reading right now at the same time, very, very, I'm obsessed with this book to the very like high level, who, not how. Mm. And I, everything that I'm doing, I'm just like, it's not going to be me who can do this. So I am like, just, just, you know, who is going to steer the boat? Who is going to be doing that? Cause I don't want to be doing it. And I want to take it to the next level. We already have, uh, support around us but Liz and I want to take it to the next level and how does that look like my do not to do list I always say that wrong do not do list whatever yeah, not to do list says. I got you we are to do list. you guys got it it's growing and I feeling good about it I thought I was like oh, I'm not gonna like this but no right now everything that I'm like that's gonna take a lot of time who can be in charge of that and I like go go, go, go. So I love that you're like, first of all, you change your, your perception about canoeing. So we can go canoeing now. Now it's, you, it, you don't it, want to it, do absolutely. that. Absolutely. I am a big fan now, <laughs> but yeah, I was just really nervous. But yeah, Next we time did is camping though. 
You should no, I don't go know about to- that. I don't know about that. <laughs> Unless it was like, uh, was it called camping that has some um, luxuries? I don't know. Uh, Glamping. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And I'm not even high maintenance, but it's just, it's a lot for me to think about enjoying camping. Anymore. I just, but that's another story for another okay. day. Uh, without further ado, Wendy, thanks so much again for being back on our show. And what I love about Wendy's background is that she's uh, not just a hard money lender and has a, has a lot of experience in that space, but she's also an active investor. So it comes from a lot of different perspectives, which I, which I love. And as we jump into today, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, you haven't been on the show for some time, but tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what brought you into, because you're lending on short-term rentals and you're also investing in short-term rentals. And that's mm-hmm. a hot topic right now in the investing space. Uh, everyone wants one or wants to buy a vacation rental and, you know, I knew everywhere I turn, right? And people are posting things about it. So what for you, um, number one, from a lending perspective, got you into doing more of this or you have you always lended on, on short-term rentals? And then two, as an investor, as an active part in the business, what uh, propelled you, you know, so to speak, in getting involved in this um, niche? Well, uh, the first thing I'd like to do is address that book that you guys are reading together. Oh, yeah. That is, it's a great book. I, I read it a couple months ago and it's a great book to apply not only to your work life, but to your home life. Yeah. You know, who, who is it that you can delegate? It's the best delegation book ever. Um, it, it really opens up your mind because people think, well, I'm just a one woman show. You know, who, who am I going to be able to delegate things to? But that's not true. You have, you have team members out there that you rely on that can help you and you do the same for them. Um, when they need your help. So it, that's a great book. I'm glad you guys are reading that. I think you're going to get a lot, a, a whole lot out of it. Um, now to the short-term rentals. I, I love these things. I hate these things. Um, I love them most of the days. Last night, literally at two o'clock in the morning, I got a phone call for somebody that was locked out of a house. Mm. So my problem is, is I haven't delegated to a VA to take care of the phone calls that are after nine o'clock at night. I, you know, I should be doing that. What's it going to cost me? $7 an hour uh, tops. Uh, and that's only when they take a call. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's not worth that it. big a deal. Yeah. So, so I need to get back to my who on that. Um, but it, lending wise, you know, we lend on a lot of different things. We do lend on short term when it's a fix and flip, when it gets to a longer term loan on your short term property, Um, We can do that, but you're going to have to produce a lease or you're going to have to show 12 months worth of rental before we can do a longer term loan on that. There are plenty of other companies that that do lend on them. Two of them that are really good is Host Financial does a good long term loan. There's another company called Cram, K-R-A-M financial or cram capitals, one of those two. Um, but they do. And Vizio lending also does a long-term program. So those are the three companies right there that um, you can reach out if you want to do a, a long-term loan on a short-term rental. And the other thing too, is I've I noticed that you're talking, everybody says short-term vacation rentals. I take the word vacation out because I think that's where people are really getting twisted up on everybody wanting one, you know, your first thought is, boy, I'd like to have a property at the beach. And the best way to do that is to buy a short-term rental so I can go and stay there. But truly the people who are making really good, consistent money on short-term rentals are those that are, are buying properties 
in dinky little small towns that are not a destination. People say, well, who goes to those? You know, where's your people coming from? We, we stay booked for all kinds of reasons. Families, uh, family reunions, funerals and weddings, number one. Um, so we've got that down, Pat. We've got people that, especially now that, you know, COVID is um, not the big thing that it was, people are trying to get caught up again to get out and visit relatives and do things like that. We get construction crews. They take very good care of the place that'll come in and stay for a week or two. I've got a ton of people that are building houses. They're selling their house and 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 they're they have no place to live for three or four months. They'll stay traveling nurses. Um, there's all kinds of people that are coming because now so many people are working from their home. So if you have Internet, they can come and stay for whatever reason they want. Um, so I have I have currently um, let me count them in my head, 13 and all but two of those are within three miles of my office in Rock Hill, South Carolina, tiny little town. Um, 25 minutes from downtown Charlotte, if you can pop on the interstate real quick, um, Char- downtown Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm it, there, there's there's a lot of reasons why people come here. But they're coming here for so many different reasons that I can't put my finger on just one. Um, The thing is, when I started um, into the short term rental, I wanted I I wanted to for people to be able to walk into one of my houses and feel like they were at the Marriott. None of my houses are high end. They're little two bedroom, one bath or three bedroom, two baths. You know, they're small houses. But I'm, I spend money on mattresses and I spend money on making sure that the towels, the linens, everything is nice, good quality. And I put funky looking stuff in it decoration wise and and they love it. it wow. it's, it's a great business. It, it's a great business, but you got to get your head off of the vacation side. Now, one of the things, too, I always make sure that any property that I buy will stand on its own as a long-term rental. If it's not going to stand on its own and be profitable as a long-term rental, I'm not going to buy it. I don't care how much money I'm going to make otherwise, because you never know what your city or town is going to do, changing the zoning, changing the rules to be able to do short-term rentals. You don't know what they're going to do. They'll yank your business out from under you overnight. So you always have to be able to, to make sure that that property can stand alone. So, Wendy, for 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 everybody that is listening to us right now and it's hearing a lot about real estate, um, short term rental and um, thinking about taking a leap or putting the foot on the water. (laughs) Right. So what you're saying is that put the vacation aside and add more options, weddings, funerals you know, hospitals, different, different items there. What are the other criteria or how can I evaluate if, you know, this specific town or city is a good spot for me or this specific neighborhood is a good spot for me? Besides those, is there a way that we can like put it into metrics to evaluate or something that you are looking for when you are, buying another uh, short-term rental? That is a great question. So 
so buying short-term rental properties is, is my number one side gig for investing. If it doesn't work out as a short-term, meaning it might be in a neighborhood that I'm not comfortable walking down at 10 o'clock at night down the road <clears throat> in the dark, um, you know, might be sketchy there, or it might be in a place where I could turn around and sell it so quickly for a great return that I'm not going to keep it there. Um, but short term is my main focus when I'm looking at properties. So <clears throat> when we're looking at properties, we, uh, I'm always, when I say we, I'm, I have partners in several different companies that I'm doing this with, but um, I look at everything as a fix and flip scenario to start off with. It doesn't have to be that way, but I like having, for me, I like having that 30% equity in a house once I'm all in. And, and I will tell you, I have, I would say four out of the ones that I have right now, I'm higher than, than 70%. I might be at 80, even 85 in some cases, but the location is so good. And I know the appreciation is exploding in that area. So I kind of tweak it as I go, but I'm in my backyard I know my backyard. I'm comfortable in my backyard. Mm -hmm. So, so, so I, I know what I can and cannot do um, when I'm tweaking that. As far as a matrix is concerned, you, you can use the same um, elements that you would use if you're running a fit, flip, fix and flip scenario, or if you're running a buy and hold for long-term scenario, you can use those same matrixes. Um, now deciding whether or not this property is going to stay booked, there's a company called air DNA where you mm -hmm. can get online and see, you know, what's being rented. Truly what I do is I try to book in that area. Uh, you know, I'll look to see what else is there. One of, one of the two that aren't underneath my nose. Um, one is in a town called Lenore, which is about an hour and a half for me. It's at the foot of the mountain, 20 more minutes and you're at the ski slopes. So, um, the ski slopes are loaded up with short-term rentals. And I, I wanted to again, get back to my small town thought where it's not just seasonal that I'm going for. I want it to be good year round. So we backed off and went with the, the small town at the foot of the mountain. And um, that particular property is easily a standalone uh, long-term rental won't have any problem with it, but it's got views of the mountains. Um, that's the, and the, the hardest thing is finding the right cleaner, making sure you have the right person that will be able to, and to, to be get, not only get it clean, but make sure I have the right supplies and a toilet paper, paper does. So it can't just be a cleaner. It has to be a cleaner with a business mind that they want to own their island and do what they do what they need to do because I'm not going to go up there um, and deal with the property that's an hour and a half away. Uh, I also have another one that we just recently bought and it's in Florida. Okay, it's far, far away. That's um, totally out of my comfort zone, mm -hmm. but I'm in that one with my brother and he was in my ear. Oh, we got to do this. We got to do this. <laughs> so I agreed and um 
it, we, we are actually putting that one together. We haven't put it online yet. So I can't give you any final answer about that, but, but in every case I get on, I try to book that area and I just want to see what's available. I want to see what I can rent a property for. I want to see what my competition looks like. Cause I can see all those pictures. I like the way you do this. Okay, stop talking. It's my turn. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> I just, because I have a quick follow-up question and I just wanted to beat Liz on this one here. <laughs> one thing that I, I've been doing Airbnb since 2012, more or less. And um, one thing that like I run comps, right? We always run comps. One thing that I always, like a quick metric that I want to share is that, when I am looking at it, I am looking, of course, on my PITI, so I know how much I, how much is my break even. Sure. Right. So it's like, how many days in a month do I need to rent this house in mm. order for me to break even? Right. Worst case scenario, I like that's my personal criteria. I like to be around 10, 12 days. 13 days around that area. If I need to rent a house 25 days in order to cover that, it's a higher risk for me, mm -hmm. right? And you're always thinking about like low season, high season, but I always wanted to have that metric there because I'm running in a business and I have, so that goes to my quick question. Do you have a reserve account that you leave money there for rainy yes. days or for uh, low seasons? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, it's, it's always your first year to your first one to two years of any property should be a season of stockpile. Uh, that's I, I do my best to make sure that I've got cash set aside to fix things that I may not have fixed or new needed to be fixed when I bought the property. Um, you know, sometimes air conditioners go out. <laughs> and so I want to make sure I have a stockpile those first couple of years. I'm really just taking everything I make and I'm shoving it right back into the property or into an account um, that, that I know I can go to and not have to uh, dip into mortgage payments. That that's the key, making sure I'm getting those mortgage payments. You, you use the, um, the 10 to 12 days. That's a good one. I usually go to 14 to 15 is where I'm looking. So I want to, when I'm looking at other properties, I want to see that they're booked at least, you know, 50% of the time. And if I'm comfortable with 50% of the time, then anything I get off of that is gravy. Um, and 50% is really low in any place that we would have, but that's my bare minimum. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. You know, in terms of the types of properties that you try to buy, you know, I, you said earlier about the fix and flip scenario, right? Mm -hmm. So, so in terms of like value add, and that's where my head goes and, you know, you get the better deals, the more value you have to put Absolutely. into the property, right? So, and that's kind of been our tenure. We, we don't have any short-term rentals, but just from a long-term rental perspective, it's the same type of idea, like the classic Burr strategy, right? So for your short-term rentals, is there a certain amount of work that you like to be able to do? Or is it, is it a different strategy? I'm curious, because again, I, I really do come from more like the long-term rental mindset, if you will. Um, or are you looking to just, you know, make it look a little nicer, you know, it's it's a 
slight value add. What's your what's your strategy? Do you have a strategy from that perspective? And and if so, is it a ballpark? Is it an amount of work that you have to put into it? Does it have to do with the square footage? You know, all those sort of things. I'm curious to get your your mindset around that. Well, again, it it depends on what the where the location of the house is and what kind of shape it is. I really do base everything off of that 70% theory. Even if it's a house that I'm paying 10,000 for and I need to put, you know, 60 in it, that's okay as long as that 70% theory is still working for me. That's really what I'm looking at. I, I have a couple of houses that I've had to take down to the studs um, and done everything for them to fix those up. And then I have, a, I have a, the majority of what I do though, um, like if I'm looking at a house and the cabinets are okay, I won't replace those if I'm turning them into an Airbnb rather than, rather than flipping it. Um, I try to save a little cost there because I yeah. know that if I paint them and I decorate this place right, it doesn't matter that the cabinets are not brand new. Um, I do try to go ahead and get granite on top of everything because for me, that's a cheap, hey, wow, this is really nice look. Um, I always do a backsplash just because it's a cheap, really nice fix. Um, and I always make sure that the bathrooms are, you know, vanities are cheap to replace, toilets are cheap to replace. I want to make sure that, you know, if I have to even regrout the tile around the tub to make the tub look better, I'll do that to save money rather than replace the whole thing like I would if I were fixing flipping it. Sure. Um, so uh, I do those those kind of I, I do fix it up. Not quite as nice <laughs> for an, for a short short term rental if other than if I were flipping it, I'm going to trick it out if I'm flipping it. But if, if I'm short-term renting it, I know that I can make up with decorations, if that's that makes great, sense. But that's great insight because it even it's, it sounds like it's a nicer upgrade than, than your typical rental. And again, yes. who you're renting to, let's put that out there, obviously. Yes. But, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, multifamily that's serving it's workforce housing, you know, middle-income America, you're not going to put granite in. We don't right. put granite in our units. Right. Like you want to make it nice, but it's not. Granite would never be a, a choice we would go for for the kind of buildings we buy. But that's a really good insight into you know those touches, which which matters, right? In your business, short term rentals more two more on so the, than. On the, I'm the, sorry. Two no, on say, the appliances. Um, if I'm doing a, a short term rental, I'll do the scratch and dent all day long. I can't do that if I'm fixing flipping yeah. it. I'll do the scratch and dent on appliances. And I won't go as high end on the appliances as I would on a, on, on a fix and flip. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. So it sounds to me, Wendy, that you, you found like a sweet spot yes. that is working, right? It, yes. It, it's not like this 
$1,500 per night. It needs also not the $50 per right. night or, or something that I don't know how people make that work, but, um, <laughs> I don't know. My, my cleaning lady is 150 where yes. I am. Right. So it's like, right. I need to make it work based, based on that. But, uh, I want to, I want you to talk about this. Like, it sounds that you found your sweet spot and you mm -hmm. were repeating it. Yes. Talk to me like about the commonality among the houses. What else? I want to get your, your, your secrets <laughs> out. The outdoor is really important, especially where, where we are. Cause you know, our warm seasons are pretty long. Um, in the Carolinas, it, you know, it's pretty long. So I always make sure I have a gas grill, uh, the plastic Adirondack chairs with a fire pit in the backyard, um, whether it's in the yard or whether it's on a patio. Um, I make sure that the um, the landscaping is it's minimal, but it's perennial. I don't do annuals. I make that, you know, I want things to grow back without me having to worry about it. <laughs> um, and I make sure that the grass is cut like it needs to be cut. Um, it, that the, the, you know, the yards are clean, that there's no cigarette butts anywhere. We have, have spots, buckets, really cool buckets. My, my, um, co-host on this has found some really cool, colorful buckets at, uh, Target, um, and we put sand in them and stick them on the front porch or on the back porch, wherever people will tend to go and pop a squat to smoke a cigarette. So, so the, the commonality is the outdoor. That's really important for us. But the other thing too, is I always try to make sure that I can sleep eight people. Hmm. Um, so I like having a three bedroom cause it's two, two and two. And, and then I can get two on a fold out sectional couch that I buy at on Amazon. They're about $650 and they're well-made, um, but they pull out into a full-size couch. So I like to be able to sleep eight people. Six is my minimum, um, but, but eight, I, at least eight is what I'm looking for on something like that. Another thing is I will put a king size bed in a room if I can but I like to do two doubles in every room. If I can get two double beds in there. Nice. In terms of pricing, are you looking for like the, the specific average and like price of the property and also price per night? Is there a sweet spot there that you're looking well, for? In, in our area, I want everything to be between a hundred to maybe one fifty a night. It really depends on the location where the location is and how large it is. Um, now, as far as purchase is concerned, I think I think the highest valued one I have at this point is two fifty three. Um, that's the uh, that's the after repaired value, of course. Two two fifty three. Um, I try to stay, of course, in the Carolinas. This is where our pricing is. I try to stay where the after repaired value is uh, between one fifty and about two hundred. That's that's a common market for us. It, that's a tough price point because there's not a lot out there available in that price point. But, you know, a few that I bought have been, you know, where I thought they would be in the twos have turned out to be in the threes. So I just sell them. <laughs> just made it easy. <laughs> well, that kind of brings to another idea, you know, question that I have is, is, is sourcing deals, right? Finding, finding the opportunities 
uh, you know, and it's obviously it's it's not like a secret, right? Which runs and, right. and as your growth, especially in the Carolinas, I mean, I know we have we have buildings there as well. I mean, it's a it's a growing, 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 growing region of this country. So how have you mitigated that in terms of finding opportunities? You know, what, what, what's been some of your creative strategies? You know, what have you done that's worked, um, you know, for you in terms of sourcing deals? Well, I'm a lender, so they kind of fall in my lap. It's really hard for me to say, you know, do this or do that, because I, I do get a lot of stuff that just falls in my lap because of my real job, which is lending. Um, but one of the things that that me and all of my partners ha have done is we try to um, coddle every wholesaler we know. And one thing that's made it really easy is they know, we tell them, we're buying within three miles of this spot right here. Anything you have, bring it to me. And we're, we're constantly sending them emails checking up on them by phone. When we're going to any investor meetings and we see them, we are doing everything we can to let everybody know, here's, here's our buy spot. This is where we like. And they know that if, if it's even a little bit close to being worthy, we're going to buy it. So, so, so we just make it known. That's really the only thing you can do is put the word out there. Don't keep it a secret. <laughs> and then any, anytime um, I'm always asking people to give me referrals too. Do you know anybody that might be selling that property? You know, anytime I see a, anytime I see a property where the grass isn't being kept up or there's junk out in the front or the neighbors are a really good opportunity too. Anytime we buy one, I have invite all the neighbors, come on and look and see what we've done. Do you know anybody else in the neighborhood that might be selling? That's been really, really successful for us as well. So we don't keep it a secret what we're doing and what we're trying to do. We want to tell everybody we possibly can. You I'm know, not buying I lists or anything. So. Yeah. And I love that, Wendy, because it's, it's, it's a fundamental of finding deals. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I can go back to our first, first property and, and that was a, that's what we did. That was 17 years ago, right? So if you're like, oh, what's the new strategy, mm -hmm. right? There's always new things. There's always multiple ways to get deals. But I think I'm not only going to speak uh, from, a, from a woman perspective, because that's who we work with. That's who we serve is that, and I don't know about everyone else, but we can overcomplicate things. You know, that's I know right. me personally, we can like, what's the, what's the metric, you know? And, and it's like so many women we talk to all the time. It's like this overcomplication where what you're saying is literally like, what are you doing and who can you tell about it? That's and right. I mean, this is like, you know, literally, if you said what's one of the fundamental ways to find deals, it would be what you're saying. And it's how we grew our business and finding multifamily deals is exactly That's right. what you're So, but you know, that takes energy, it takes intention, and it also takes um, not, not hiding out. And that could be overwhelming, especially if you don't have any short-term rentals yet, or you have one, you don't, sometimes we don't take ourselves seriously. I know for, I was talking to my husband about something and I'm like, well, I don't know if we've done enough of that to share that. He's like, You've done like it is too. I'm like, you done one? You know, like, you know, we have to like have a, a PhD in things sometimes before we talk about it. And I think we need to stop that, especially if we want something. And uh, and it seems to be a thread that a lot of women we have on the show, they're just like, yep, I'm this bingo bango. I'm a short term rental investor. What do you have for me? That's well, right. Because you, you are. Yeah. Oh. Well, I heard I heard this tip. I don't know where I hear I hear a lot of things, but. You know, if you if you are not sure, book a weekend in one of the busiest 
of your busiest competitors and stay there. So you will know the the, the ends of everything that's going on, the welcome message, everything that's going on inside the house, what they have, what they don't have, Mm -hmm. everything else. So you kind of like look at it. So Wendy, from, from a lender perspective, right? When you get requests or people are sharing their short-term rentals, you mentioned that either they, ha- they, they have a lease o- over there or they have the, the reserve for it. Tell me like why you say no to short-term rentals. What are the criteria that you use that you are seeing is like that is not working and I can't land on this. Tell, tell me what, what exactly? Um, well, history is the biggest thing. Um, and I, I, I can lend short term for a short term, the fix and flip part or the fixed part of short term rentals all day long. But I just don't have a program that will accept short term leases um, that that's worthy. I've got a company that'll do it for eight and a half percent, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, I've got a company that'll do it for 4.75, which is much more easy to live with (laughs) on that, on that kind of rate. So the problem is what I'm finding is there aren't a lot of lenders out there that are doing short term because they don't understand it. Their first thought is, well, it's a vacation rental. It's seasonal. What happens if everything changes? Then it can't stand on its own. So they won't even consider it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and they, they also believe that a lot of people doing it are not experienced and they don't want to be the first ones out of the gate to give it a shot. Um, that's why I mentioned those three that I know that are doing it because it's really hard to find somebody that will accept the short-term rental. And they, they, even those three do the short-term rental loans based on different things. Some of them will base it on what the market rent would be, not for a short-term, but what the market rent would be. Some of it are going some of them are going to base it on the last 12 months of what they've seen come in. And, but host financial is the best one uh, because they totally get it and they'll base it on what air DNA is telling them. So do you think it's a matter of time where people get more used to it Airbnb and, yep. yeah. and this scenarios that we're facing? Cause nowadays, like back in the day was weird, right? Saying, yeah, I'm going to be somebody's house. I'm going to go inside somebody's car but now it's like uber and airbnb it's as as everybody knows what's what's going on but it seems that from a lending a quote-unquote conventional lending perspective is still a little bit uh behind do you think that even like the the not not private no i'm sorry not hard money lenders but the conventional lending do you think that they're gonna start opening up to that or we still are no. a couple of years behind no you're not gonna see conventional lending do that because we have just seen conventional lending pull back on long-term buy and mm-hmm. holds they went from exactly. you know 12 percent of their port or even 15 percent of their portfolio being um, investor loans, and they're knocking it down to seven and a half, you know, percent. Mm-hmm. They, they're really trying to get out of that second home market and that investor market yeah. um, because they don't understand it. And it's, it's sad, but that's the way they look. So these companies that I just mentioned to you, 
that are doing the short-term rentals are non-qualifying loans. Mm -hmm. And what you are seeing though, are more and more companies that are doing these non-qualifying loans that are really getting fancy and with what they're doing, they're getting, they're getting into the nitty gritty. They're starting to understand how these loans work and they're offering better deals, better rates, longer terms. You know, now they're in the 20 and 30 year terms where before they were treating it like a commercial loan where you had to renew it every five years. So in, in the rates, it's amazing that how low the rates are now that they're, they're doing it under five being able to find that kind of a loan on non-qualifying under 5% is pretty darn good. Um, the other issue that, that we have been running into, but you're going to see that change is what the value of the property needs to be. Like they don't want to do a loan less than $200,000 um, or less than even a hundred thousand. So when you go to to do that financing, you know, if, if you're like in the sweet spot that I'm talking about in my 150, it's, it's tough to make sure, you know, there's no way I'm going to meet a $200,000 minimum on a loan amount on something like that. So that's getting better too. It's only going to be a a matter of time. Hopefully it's a short term time (laughs) that that they're going to be able to, to get better and better with what they're doing. They're not there yet, but I'm seeing it change. Every week I see it change. And just Wendy, quick quick follow-up question to that. You know, the women listening, um, what can they do to set themselves up for the most success when it comes to connecting with these companies? Even the few that you just recommended, um, you know, or in the case, like you're saying, if they do have a, a tr- more traditional fix and flip, you're a great, great opportunity for that. And other, other kind of, you know, non-traditional, if you will, lenders can, can be good resources for that. Do they need to reach out to them to say, what's your criteria? Do they need to have, like, just have these three things before you call, like a package, a package, like, what would you say to, to a woman listening to this? That's really serious about doing, you know, short-term rental, uh, and, 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 you know, wants to set themselves up for the best success when they have that, that initial connection, right? Because right. we know lenders are getting flooded, right? Flooded, I'm sure. I would imagine, I'm not a lender, but I would imagine they're getting flooded with calls right now because of right. the market is. So, you know, differentiate them themselves as well as just like kind of getting to the core and really set themselves apart from all the other hundreds of calls that these lenders are getting, especially the ones that are a little more non-traditional. Right. So I can tell you the biggest fear that most lenders are dealing with right now when they're talking to customers is somebody that's new and has no experience. That's that's that person frightens a lender because our first thought is they've been watching Home and Garden TV or they've been watching (laughs) the great vacation rental show and they want to kick in and give it a try. And unfortunately, that's true for a lot of people. That's true for a lot of people. So so there's a, there's a couple things that changes my world when I'm talking to somebody. The number one thing, get your credit score at, up at 680 or higher. It doesn't have to be at a 680 to get it done, but because um, people will go down to 650, we go down to 650, but really you need to be at a 680 or higher on your credit. You know, it, it's smart to invest in a credit repair company that can help you because um, once COVID hit, FICO changed the way that they're measuring your scores. Remember when you should only have your credit card at about 30% of the limit? Well, now it's at 50. They want you to have it up at 50%, so which is, is completely different than it used to be. So those things are changing. Make sure you're talking with somebody that knows what they're doing on that. Um, 
make sure that you have money in the bank, that it's in your bank, not somebody lending it to you or giving it to you. And money is six months worth of payments. You want to make sure you have six months worth of payments in the bank. Uh, That'll make a a huge difference. The other thing is, is if you have no experience, get involved with investor groups. This is a great example of what you need to be doing. Work with just even if you're just reading what's going on in a blog, you need to be wrapped up with other investors that are doing what you want to do. You need to understand the lingo because I can, I, you know, I'm talking to somebody in two minutes. I know whether or not they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. If they, if they're saying things using words that don't really match, you know, investor lingo, then I know this person's brand spanking new and they haven't been hanging around people that know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in, invest in yourself. That's a big thing. It's, it's so so important to be a member of a group like this, you know, maybe get a, a coach or even if it's a group coach, so somebody that's co- coaching a group of people, invest in yourself and understand that what you learn, it's better than any college you could go to because you're going to learn stuff hands on. And when you learn, you're with other people that, that get to know you, understand what you're doing. And that's a great way to pick up other leads as well. Because, oh, well, they're in that area. You know, I'm, I, I don't deal in Pennsylvania, but I've found these leads in Pennsylvania. Do you want them? You know, it's and they'll it, it's you help each other. You're better in numbers when you're Absolutely. helping each other. I, I always go back, you know, who know how. I am like a big fan of, of learning and experience in having shortcuts. So if I am looking at something that I don't know, I'd rather build a relationship and vet a partner and go together. So that partner and that first deal, my goal is to really like, if I make something great, but it, my goal is to learn a ton, yes. a ton of it, because that's going to save me time and save me money. I'd rather pay for that than for my mistakes. So yeah. in, in this case, do you see like a partnership from like, if I am brand new in real in, in, in short-term rentals, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Partner up with somebody that already have five, six, 10 years of experience and a couple of, and a portfolio that you can say, yeah, my team, Here's my team. You will look at this uh, differently as a lender. Absolutely. All all day long. That that lets me know that there's somebody that's going to be giving them good advice um, rather than this person just wallowing out, wondering what to do, making really bad decisions that don't make sense for what you're trying to do. Um, And another thing I think that's really important, too, is keep an REO sheet real estate owned sheet, even if you've sold the property, keep the properties on there and just list it as being sold. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to make sure that you have all of that on one piece of paper. So when they say, what kind of experience do you have? You've got that to provide um, showing them that even if it was 20 years ago, I want to see that you had property 20 years ago. Sure. It, it, it will really make a difference because that little bit me, means a lot than somebody just coming in brand new. Yeah. Something we always recommend to, to, to women. And I, I need to recommend this more is 
ask a bank for their personal financial statement, literally mm-hmm. then recreate it into an Excel form. We, we have an Excel form that's our personal financial statement at this point. We're not waiting for the bank to send it to us. We're like, nope, here's our updated personal financial right. statement at this point, right? So, but to start building it, you know? Mm-hmm. So if a bank asks for that, you're not filling out theirs. No, I have my own, here it is. And whether it's one, two, 10, doesn't matter, but it really shows your um, more street cred, right? It shows right. you're serious. Oh, Plus I, you're, you're organized. And you're organized yeah. somewhat, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's where we're organized, very organized. Because, yeah, you, that's that's where they want to vet you as a as a, as a bar. So mm-hmm. this has been awesome, mm-hmm. Wendy. Um, so appreciate all your great insight. And want to make sure you share where the ladies listening can learn more about you and the great work you're doing. Well, you can reach me anytime at uh, wendy at carolinahardmoney.com. Um, you can also... Um, let me think of this new website. I just bought it. It's called sweet short term rentals.com brand spanking new. There we go. This afternoon it will be up and running. All right. So, uh, sweet short term rentals.com. There we go. And all this information you guys can find on our show notes. We're going to transition to our three fabulous question. And the first one, Wendy, is what's the most transformational book you ever read? Well, that would have to be um, The Richest Man in the World, The Richest Man Who Ever Lived by Stephen K. Scott. Mm. It's an awesome, awesome book. Um, it is a faith, faith-based book, but it's all based on business and it's really, really awesome. Awesome. The second question is what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? <laughs> Exercise. <laughs> I, it, it is because it opens my mind to be able to think. Um, I do some of my best financial thinking when I'm lifting weights. Look at that. Mine is in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I remember stuff. Oh man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Last question, Wendy, is which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Oh my gosh, there's uh such a ton. Um I would have to say my mom. Uh, she, uh, raised five kids and, uh, worked in real estate and, uh, you know, dealt with my dad, which, you know, any husband's difficult to deal with (laughs) (laughs) and kept her sanity throughout it. She's 83 years old and, um, still rocking and rolling. Awesome. Love it. I love it. Make me, make me laugh, Wendy. That's why we have you on the show. No, <laughs> you're, you're, uh, appreciate you so much. Thank you so, so much for taking time to be on our show again. Excited for all your stuff that you're up to and just appreciate your being a wealth of, uh, wealth of knowledge and a resource for, for the women in our community. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Wendy. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. 
If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.